Welcome to the future of NFTs, brought to you by Adlunum, the first engaged to earn proof of attention IDO launchpad. Hosted by co founder Natya Vester, we bring you exclusive insights on NFTs, the revolutionary digital technology that's transforming the world as we know it. Hey, Web3 World, this is Natya Vester from Adlunum, and you are once again listening to the future of NFTs back on Twitter Spaces after a bit of a hiatus. Uh, Future of NFTs is the show that looks beyond current NFT use cases and dives into what non-fungible token technology is evolving into. And we are very privileged to be able to speak to fascinating guest speakers each week that are actually building the future of this technology. At Lunum, of course, building the industry's first engaged-to-earn investment platform with a proof-of-attention allocation mechanism our investor profiles use dynamic NFTs that allows allocation fractionalization. So we are especially passionate about the future possibilities that NFTs have to offer. So my guest in studio today is very, very, well, I am very happy to have him uh, on board. George Groshoff, <laughs> the founder and the head of strategy at Mint Ventures XYZ. So George is a Web3 venture builder with a background in product and business development. He has built platforms that has generated more than $1 billion in revenue with 12 million customers. He's worked with top Nordic brands such as Swedbank, Telia, and Telling, 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 I'm so sorry. I always mispronounce everyone's names. It's just, it's, you know, it's a trademark that I never pronounce anyone's name or any company name in the correct way uh, on their communication strategies. So George is beyond Mint Ventures Academy, also building the next generation of blockchain infrastructure for digital collectibles, metaverses, and on and off ramp payments. He's also, I mean, as if all of this was not already amazing enough, he's also raised over $10 million with NFT campaigns and other various blockchain initiatives. As for Mint Ventures, it is a venture studio blurring the lines between fashion, e-commerce, and blockchain, which is especially why I'm so excited to be having this conversation today. Um, and what Mint Ventures does, they build technology and they gather artists and creatives to co-create high-quality NFT experiences with brands that are ready to step into the metaverse. So super excited to be talking to you today, George. Uh, I think let's kick it off maybe just with a general question uh, to get us going and to really also set the tone for the day. Um, so I just gave a brief introduction about what Mint Ventures is all about, but I would love to hear more about the vision behind the company and really what your mission is and what you are hoping to achieve with this already very successful venture that you have going on. Awesome, Nadia. Thank you again for inviting me. Um, I'm sure it will be a fruitful discussion and also welcome everyone if he has any question in between the the conversation to jump in and straight and ask i think uh, that's why we are doing uh, twitter spaces right uh, the interactivity to be on on top yeah just to uh, a brief a brief words a few about me and clarifications i've been working before starting in the it i've been to advertising and media so i pretty much know also the the mindset of an artist when they create actually some kind of an artwork and afterwards when I moved to product and UX UI I actually started working with bigger brands that you mentioned and I understood like what exactly means um, to build an exceptional user experience and 
what exactly people understand about the technology and whatnot. And frankly, I've been also doing a lot of user testing and understanding like what products work and how work. And, it, and I can tell you there's a, a lot of remarkable stories of actually what we think that we know about the user experience and what we don't. And the same applies also when we build um, Web3 um, experiences. Um, so essentially with Mint Ventures, uh, our mission is basically to address the problems of the new 9 billion people that are going to actually use uh, Web3. And we want to basically open the gates and accommodate the new generation of uh, consumers that uh, think about the web as something fluid, something more that they can have an ownership and that they can really own their data. And we believe that building the infrastructure starting from on and off ramps to actually layer tools is something we really passionate about. Um, aside from main ventures, we also um, a sort of um, a venture studio that helps and in incubate startups in their very early stage when when they match our vision and we believe that they could build like really those exact infrastructures for the masses, then we also uh, co-invest and we also help them basically grow together. Um, so in that sense, that's kind of in a nutshell for, for mid-ventures. And we are based in Estonia, five founders, um, really passionate uh, entrepreneurs. And I'm really happy uh, with my team. They're really nice guys and, and girls that really uh, have passion to build Web3 projects. And they have also really entrepreneurial spirit in them. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I, I just want to, you know, write off the very last sentence that you said. It's so underrated and understated how incredibly important a team is when building anything, any startup in any industry, but especially in Web3. Uh, just a shout out to my team as well while we're on it. Um, yeah, well, so, Jordan, yes. thank you. You, really, you. You touched on so many different things uh, just in this introduction uh, that I think could really be a very fruitful hour-long discussion. Um, I have a question. You know, you talk about exceptional user experience and then also about a new generation of consumers who definitely by default, you know, in terms of a generational thing and also the fact that technology is very rapidly moving at, uh, evolving at the moment, that this new generation of consumers expect by default a different web experience uh, than the one that is currently in existence. Now, I want to know, how do you see where we are right now? Because we always talk about Web3 as, you know, the next sort of frontier. But in my experience, so much of what is happening is actually Web 2.5, you know, brands slowly moving over in you touched on something earlier also in terms of the artist mindset, but there's also this prevailing sort of commercial mindset where we have to step out of the old way of thinking about the web, you know, the web two uh, approach to, to business um, and to the online space. And we are moving into this new paradigm of, as you said, a fluid web data ownership. Where do you think are we at the moment? How far are we from really being able to give life to this vision? Um, because I think both our companies work with incredible startups that we know they are building the products of the future. They are building the products of tomorrow. But in terms of the average user experience with Web3 at the moment, do you think that we are moving in the right direction? Do you think that we are getting close to being at that point where 
a user will be able to get onto Web3 and really have a good experience? Or do you think there's still a long way to go? And why perhaps is that? Uh, okay, so maybe I'll try to the answer in a short disc because it's a big question and I thank you for asking this. First, we need to think about where are the... Are, are, do we have actually in the Web3 space enough avenues and enough um, backbone, technological backbone to actually facilitate a new kind of user experience? And for the time being, uh, with the current throughput of uh, Ethereum and the current high gas prices and things like that, we, we're still not there yet in terms of infrastructure. So... Yes, we have uh, layer tools. Yes, we have upcoming big in interesting projects in terms of sharding. And we have also dunk sharding, which is kind of the end game for, for Ethereum. Uh, but in the end, we need to have the avenues actually to accommodate these users. Because when you actually um, enable, let's say, a game developer to build something already on Ethereum or not even on layer two, and able and he understands that actually is it is cheaper to build that infrastructure there and it will be also uh, more engaging for his customers and he will pay less to maintain servers and rest of his kind of um, whatever uis and stuff like that then it will start to make much more sense as well for for these players to actually for the players too and for the game developers i'm just giving an example here like um, and on the other side of things, there are these kind of microcosmoses, I call them, where you have, let's say, a community of really, really passionate, let's say, NFT artists and NFT holders that they create kind of their own solutions. It's like it's going to be, you can consider them as a microcosmos like OpenSea, where you have that kind of NFT marketplace, which works tremendously but you need to have a wallet, essentially, yes, and you need to know the NFT collections, right? So these kind of microcosmoses exist, and they already provide um, pretty much good experiences for the right users, right? The people that actually understand what a wallet is. And on the other and vice versa, where these microcosmoses don't exist is, like, let's say, in the e-commerce side of things, like, can you actually now take these NFTs to the e-commerce side? Well, that's arguable. And this is what we're trying to achieve, basically, in the Web3 space. So I don't think we're, we're there yet. Um, and for, for some time, for some time, maybe five or six years, we've been trying to figure out the right way to do it. But it's still, I think, there's still a way, uh, there's still things that we need to just first fix on the infrastructure level. And then second, I think we we need to basically um, provide not even like education, but exactly a product that will be able to be used by mass and it will have this kind of real impact as ChatGPT did. So that's kind of where we need to, I think, maybe even start the conversation from. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with you on the fact that I love your term microcosmoses because I think for sure there are pockets in the industry where things are moving and going really well. And then there are other areas where we are really at the beginning and there's so much still needed to be done in order to gain, let's say, even any kind of traction outside of this inner circle of Web3 that we are in at the moment. So 
obviously with Mint Ventures, this is something that you place a lot of emphasis on, mostly because of the very rich background that you have uh, in product UX, UI, uh, in user experience, and in all of these different areas, advertising, marketing. So you obviously intimately understand the consumer in general, uh, the broad aspects that are related to the consumer experience. But what do you think... Uh, if if I if I can ask Mint Ventures as a venture studio and as a company, how do you distinguish yourself from other companies in the NFT and the blockchain space? Um, I know that there are a lot of companies out there doing good work, but they don't necessarily have the same commercial background prior to Web3 that you have. So how as a venture studio and as a company in general, how do you distinguish yourself from others doing similar work in the same space? Yeah, great question. Like we've been uh, we've been lo- looking at that for for kind of quite some time, and I think the the most important aspect of it is like the uniqueness of each of the team member in Mint Venture. So every each of us has its kind of unique, um, let's say, secret skill of in terms of product development, strategy, marketing, content, or building like just basically be great architectures and eventually essentially UXs. But our b- biggest kind of input here is that we are very tech driven, very deep on understanding like what exactly is happening on the web tree side, but also on the traditional side. I don't think that there are many actually studios or venture venture studios out there that actually understand in depth the actual needs of a business as a brand and the actual um, uh, challenges as a Web3 company trying to work with a brand. And when it comes down to actually uh, bringing down those two words together, we are we're pretty much confident that we know like what we're doing. Like there is a special even language that we use and keywords we use to talk to particular fashion brands and how we actually then articulate that kind of communication back to a, let's say, a Web3 startup that could support us on creation of a of a seamless wallet with an email, right? Um, these these are the kind of uniqueness of them. And the other part is that we really look into kind of in a in more like a regional player in the Baltics and the Nordics, which we like as a, as an area because first of all, it's uh, is rich and very on, on talent. It has a very robust and very nice startup scene, and also has access to very interesting capital. And I think. Still, it's it's sort of sort of um, in between as well. Um, the old Europe and Asia, uh, where we can also um, inherit information right off the top of, let's say, high-end technology that comes in the Nordics and Baltics, and then also have a one year as well on the East, like what's happening, let's say, in Southeast Asia, India, and so forth. So yeah, that's kind of where we want to position ourselves, and of course extensive network of partners is um, also something we can irreplaceable and I think um, this is how how we how we stand out from the others thank you so much for that I think uh, what you touched on in terms of being both aware of the business needs of brand as well as the challenges of operating within the three web three space is such a pertinent uh, you know key focus area yeah. that I 100% agree with you there are especially businesses with like operating in the web three space that don't have the traditional background um, 
and it's a learning curve for them that definitely is an advantage if you've already come from a background where you understand a lot of this. Um, so Adlunum's co and Adlunum's other co-founder Lawrence Hudson, he's also a CTO. He used to live in Estonia, and he has been telling me for ages that it is such <laughs> an amazing place to be for Web three. So it I is. definitely will stop by at some point and yeah, I'll get some travel recommendations from you. Um, so you had touched on working in the fashion space, uh, and I know you've been doing some fascinating work merging fashion and NFTs. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that works, and also? What do you think the future of fashion might look like, you know, in the metaverse using NFTs? Because there's a lot of exciting things happening there, but I'm not sure if it really kind of transcends beyond the people that are actively involved in the space. Yeah, it's actually um, when you talk about like the future of fashion, I um, I very much remember when my friends used to um, used to trade skins um, and that was actually quite a normal thing back in the days when we played Diablo, right? Um, but I I see that, like I see two things that are actually going to um, probably going to be um, going to happen to digital, to fashion sets. Like first of all is the, the emergence of the digital brands themselves and digital fashions completely um, completely uh, built from Web3 grounds and creating uh, 3D objects, providing those two 3D objects to the 3D worlds and metaverses, including games like Roblox and so forth. So the emergence of that, these brands will actually shift away um, the consumer spending towards more and more digital goods versus the actual physical goods. Um, that means that also conglomerates like H&M and maybe Diesel will have, um, as they also build their own digital houses and digital goods, they might be not able to catch up with the trends and maybe the new products that those digital brands already have created because it's also, um, you know, it's somewhat trying to catch up with somebody that already has knows, um, let's say, what a wallet is, what, a, what is how to create a garment and so forth. There is a very interesting race that from one side you have these, these Web3 people that actually know how to build things fast, furious, relentlessly, uploading with uh, co-creation of designs. On the other hand, you have um, Diesel who or H&M trying to actually catch up with those trends. And that's a kind of interesting convergence of things. But I still think that actually the digital houses, the digital fashion brands will win essentially in those races. And the other part is probably those um, those physical experiences that people will have more and more and creating um, more and more, um, how to say, communication between the digital items that you have, um, let's say on your phone and the things that you actually wear probably uh, even even smart smart more smart smart clothes versus physical items will emerge and also another trend that i see there is that uh, you will be able to create um even to co-create those 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 items on the fly with the ai tools available meaning that there will be um, a way that people will be able to dress in the digital world every day differently, maybe with the help of the AI, they could basically have unexpected appearances every time when they walk onto their 3D avenues or whatever. So that's kind of 
what actually excites me, I think, maybe the most at the moment on the on the fashion space. That is fascinating because I'm not much of a fashion fashion person, but if you talk about co-creating your clothes on the fly with AI, I think I will very quickly also become a fashionista. So there's a lot to look forward to. Um, so yeah, I'm curious. I think the, what I think the creativity, sorry, the creativity here. Sorry, I think the creativity actually will win here. There's, um, there is what there. That's just a trend that when we see like that community at the end of the day will be stronger than the individual intellect and the co-creation will actually be win uh, instead of the siloed creation of items yeah yeah i mean that that's a really beautiful point uh that community will actually be strengthened on this basis of creativity because i think this is something that i'm seeing quite a lot in the ai space at the moment where people are really coming together and a, exploring their creativity very often for the first time, but also celebrating their creativity with others who are also going through this discovery and growth process. Um, and especially in the fashion space, I mean, this is always something that if you see someone, the first thing you notice about them is what they are wearing. So it is in any case something that unites us all. And it's a very exciting time to be able to think that all of these different technological tools are all going to start converging. And I think there's such a huge dialogue happening at the moment, you know, especially in terms of AI, um, but then also in the Web3 space about, you know, the darker aspects of the industry and of the technology. But I always love bringing it back to, but what is it going to gift us? And I think this is exactly what you touched on is it really is helping us to become friends with our own creativity and also with that of others. Um, yeah, definitely very exciting times. So I'm curious, uh, you work with brands through Mint Ventures. So what types of brands have you found are the most ready to cross into Web3, into NFTs, into the metaverse, et cetera? And why do you think that is? Well, essentially with Mint Ventures, we wanted to position ourselves to firstly to work more with the creative industries, which first we understand better. And I think they are prone to the mindset of creating collections um, and then, of course, the trivial answer to this is should be fashion, but uh, not only we see that actually artists, um, contemporary artists are coming coming to us for consultancy. Um, on the other side, we see also um, more like uh, event, event organizers as well and people that build communities, different kind of communities, including development communities or communities for creating DAOs are actually companies and brands that want to participate and work with us so it's quite quite a variety at the moment i see also i think a big trend as well on the publisher side like pr um, journalism and media also coming into the play because they see also that um at some at some extent uh, the media as well the medias will be also become decentralized so they see as well that um a way to also to create better journalism or um, just more accurate accurate journalism which is kind of lacking and unfortunately it will be great to actually decentralize and and, and sometimes web trees is can help you do that yeah. i just want to echo what you said it really sounds like there's a very diverse uh, ecosystem of people that are looking at into this maybe not all for exactly the same reason but for sure, the fact that all of them are finding something 
that speaks to them, that tells them that this is the avenue of the future. Uh, yeah, that's really commendable um, and very exciting as well. I keep interrupting you when you start speaking. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, I just remembered also that we consulted as well a few sports brands as well. I mean, because, again, because of the community aspect of it, they just have fans that they need to be engaged. And um, sometimes, you know... Um, they just look for for better marketing campaign at the end of the day. But what it comes out to be is that they just want to create more connection and loyalty to their fans. That's kind of sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I think this, you know, th these words you use about connection and loyalty. This is actually something that I want to add to the next question. So um, you spoke about working with creative industries uh, artists. So how do you choose the artists and the creatives that you collaborate with? Uh, are there any specific qualities or characteristics that you look for? And on the flip side of that, what do you think these artists are looking for in terms of quality? Is it the, you know, of different sort of qualities and characteristics? Is it the fact that they are looking for a loyal, engaged audience? Uh, or what are, why are you seeking them out and why are they seeking you out? Yeah, mm, that's a good, good story, actually, because uh, and I think from the artist's perspective, they mostly, in most cases, they find find us um, because of, we did like a lot of Twitter spaces and LinkedIn um, lives as well, and somehow as well, uh, artists get to know it. But uh, yeah, I think the, the most important criteria is to be uh, artists that actually are very... Um, I'd say uh, fair with their art and understand what they're doing this art. We like to work with artists that are, I'd say, um, not even, you can say established names, but in the Nordics, but um, I prefer them more to say like people that um, have some already a good craftsman in their arts, meaning that they haven't just started, let's say, uh, yesterday and they decided to launch an NFT collection. We prefer to have some kind of a history of that artist that even that he has any um, kind of different backgrounds will be even interesting. Like, for instance, some artists are painters, but they actually have also background in, um, as well, in film music and film and music, music, music business. So that's actually helped us validate that there is a, there's a, you know, richer experience and maybe deeper understanding as well when you make these decisions um, and mostly artists uh, look for um, um, I think what they look for is um, aside from the hype and all the stuff about like selling a bunch of paintings uh, with NFTs they look for ways to uh, first of all be more let's say decentralized from let's say galleries and centralized places and marketplaces be able to be more uh, autonomous be able to um, connect with their audience better to either if it's going to be because let's say they have just only an email list or just to start a new chapter um, and that's an interesting story because some of them they say okay uh, we just want to create like our new digital experience because we understand that if we keep our name like that, uh, only connected to physical items and stuff like that, it's going to just fade. And I feel that this is the right time to, to come. And that's kind of what happens is that actually artists find um, Web3 as a reinvention 
vehicle. Love that. Absolutely love that. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's especially beautiful to me how what you said about artists recognizing that if they want their legacy to live on, that it doesn't scale to be only physical. Um, I think this has been an age old. I mean, if you look at the Sistine Chapel, I mean, the, the, the art can't be moved. It's on the chapel and that's what it is. Yes. And today we live in such a completely different world. Uh, a couple of days ago, I was visiting uh, an NFT gallery, like an in-person NFT gallery here in Dubai. Um, and very interesting to see, you know, this blend of the NFTs are up there for sale. Um, in fact, they are on display, but you can't buy them. You have to go to the website. You have to go buy them on the marketplace. They have art classes where they help people with, you know, learning how to create their own NFTs, how to create NFT art. But you can't pay for the art class on the spot. You have to go on the marketplace. So I really found that so interesting, this blend of the Web2 experience or even the off, completely offline experience that we are used to, whereas now the worlds are starting to merge and to blend together. Um, but on that note, how does Mint Ventures support brands, support artists in building these unique brand ecosystems using Web3 technologies? Can you run me through, you know, whether it's a brand and I, and I of course, understand that it's vastly different depending on the type of industry they are in, the, type, the size of the company, whether it's a solo artist, whether it's a company with you know, 20 employees or 100 employees. But what is the typical... Uh, roadmap that you follow from the time that someone comes to you to a successful execution of whatever it is that you're working together on? Yeah, good one. Um, actually, it starts very simple. We start, we start with goals and we need to be very fair on that. Uh, either if it's going to be big or small brand or small artists, uh, we first strategize what exactly is needed as expected result. Um, from a particular strategy either if it's going to be just uh, building up a community in discord and trying to let's say get a 10,000 followers on twitter or if actually there's some kind of a deeper need for that brand to execute like let's say a penetration for a particular market or user segment that is not there collaboration a partnership with a nft collection that is important for the brand recognition in some some areas of expertise that's what these goals need to be defined. So we actually channel, channelize our communication first as strategy, basic strategy of like a web tree strategy. We understand like what resources are needed, both on human resources and also technological resources. And we actually provide as well the, the, tech, the tech resources too, including the on and off ramps, uh, the smart contract creation, the 3D elements, we also have the NFT utility builder so that you can actually create additional utilities for particular NFTs um, on demand and you can actually build up also um, so-called immersive commerce with a Web3 integration to your e-stores. So these kind of two tech tools are also, we're putting it on the map and then we start basically addre addressing like what needs to be built as MVP and proof of concepts and we helped as well on the marketing and communication side um, respectively of how we talk to the to the community about else what we need to say when we need to say it obviously these days you know and if the market is a bit cooled down but nevertheless people are still building and right um uh, communities are are not gone they're a bit frustrated but they're not gone at all and i think 
this is what we are analyzing. And afterwards, yeah, we help on the execution. Uh, we see how the result. We measure results. We try to as well compare um, again the KPIs which a brand is setting, let's say, in their marketing department versus like, and did the engagements increased for how many percentage? What happened exactly for this collection campaign? Did it worked? Did actually, uh, let's say, the order value on a checkout decreased? How much decreased and so forth? This, these are the stuff that we're kind of um, uh, consulting and working on. So I know that you recently published, uh, I think it was a 2023 report on building brand ecosystems with Web3. I would love to hear some of the key takeaways uh, that you can share with us from that report, um, just to get a sort of general landscape snapshot um, of if I'm a brand, what are the what's the current pulse like? Uh, what are the challenges? What are the opportunities? Why, as a brand, should I be interested in this topic whatsoever? Uh, George, if you are speaking, you're on mute. Sorry, uh, the, I, I clicked a, a wrong button, but um, I hope you hear me, right? Yes, uh, absolutely. Okay, can, can you hear me? Sorry. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, actually, when we when we wrote this report, we have a very clear understanding that uh, everything that we write is gonna probably change in the next six months. So, I can tell you for sure that there's a lot of things that actually happened to happened and other things that didn't happen. But uh, essentially, yeah, we. We, we analyze the data of actually the collections and we see that there's like from one side you have a big spike in it was a big spike uh, in revenues for the big brands of actually launching NFT collections and the other side somewhat the, the market of course cooled down and then of course uh, collections that are just launching for the sake of making money didn't go went, went well and because of course this was not the roadmaps basically for the communities were not set enough uh, fully and there was no work actually done on kind of real engagement and understanding like what the users really want. Another part of the report also tackles creative, creative um, industry, um, the creator economy, meaning that we are living now in a kind of a much more decentralized world where artists can really, again, as I said in before, uh, work autonomously and create out of the um, very quickly a uh, new new interactions with their with their fans and in the same time own the art artwork and earn a very very respectable money on royalties and that includes not only artists just let's say for for paintings or music whatever but also developers that actually write code for instance um and uh, we tackled a few a few uh, things about uh, regulations in sense of the European context that still NFTs are considered digital goods and there's not yet a big clarity on that part. Mika doesn't actually address much things in the NFT space yet, but there's also rumors that still NFTs will be then again considered to be taxed soon and this you know, Europe likes to over-regulate things, which from, from one part is good, from other not that good. 
and then also in the report we touched a few more things about that loyalty is becoming more and more important thing as a discussion in between brands and Web3 and we gave also a few examples with Starbucks with their Odysseys and also uh, with our friends as well from Herbaltic when they did the planes. Um, I guess that's that's in a nutshell on the on the on the report. Well, I mean, that's a very very good nutshell because you touched on so many different points that are really so so key to the conversation. I'm definitely not going to be able to get through all of them, but I just want to touch on a few of the things you said. Um, first of all, the creator economy. So, how do you see the Web three space, which obviously those of us who know what's happening in the industry, those of us who are on the ground, we see the progress, we see the evolution of it. But if I'm the stand, stock standard creator in the Web2 space, how long do you think it's going to take for the onboarding and the adoption to take place for creators that are already on the internet? They already understand the opportunities. They already understand the challenges of being online. How long is it going to take for those people who are not familiar with, with Web3 to see, you know what, this is actually probably the next big avenue in the online space? Do you think that's going to be something that's going to take a lot of time? Speaking specifically about the creator economy itself, because obviously the adoption cycle is going to take much longer for people who are not already like in the space where they are communicating with communities on a daily basis, where they are creating digital products. Do you think that there's an opportunity for the creator economy to pivot quicker into Web3? Um, and how long would you estimate that would take before we start seeing real traction? I think, uh, in a way, it already did. <laughs> um, and I, I, looking at some some of the people that actually we've been working as, um, they've been like graphic and motion designers, and looking how the, um, they started using AI tools, or actually AI tools forced them to use AI tools, <laughs> is uh, is quite remarkable, and. Uh, I think we're in the next six to maybe 18 months, we will see a way, a, a big way of also of, of like people who couldn't, couldn't afford or who couldn't express those creativities and, and artwork and actually that got content will merge and um, uh, their kind of fantasy will unleash like creating um, you know, I recently I went to a, a demo of a startup um, that actually could create a game just writing a text. And just basically you put the blocks there, you write, I put seven blocks there, and then you write, generate me seven characters of a grade. And then you can say, okay, but these seven characters could have seven different traits. And it generates, okay, and now you think, okay, these seven traits actually could be used for my NFT collection. And then it offers you basically to kind of create an NFT collection for different websites. So that could, in, in basically two hours, you created your kind of own mini world in a game that you can then publish directly to to the consumer. And you don't need to wait even because you can publish the NFT collection right away, right off the bat to OpenSea and then maybe launch a small Twitter space and then invite people to, to play it out, you know, to test it. So you can literally launch like create create launch and test a game in one day and you probably can get some revenue by selling the nfts 
uh that's that's wild that's wild and it's not like even a, a simple game like flappy birds or something right but it's actually <laughs> which is by the way already ai generated for multiple versions of it you can literally do it and that's kind of i think uh, the scale the end mass the speed will actually increase tremendously and it's it's happening not by quarter it's happening now month by month and then it's gonna be maybe maybe week by week and um that's a bit in, in a nutshell i think it's a bit also scary <laughs> right well that's kind of uh, my take on that yeah, you know, I, I'm so glad you you mentioned AI because I've I follow it extremely closely. So to me, it almost feels like, and this is exactly what the Web three space has been like at times. Not necessarily at the moment as much, but it feels to me as though I go to bed and I know exactly what's happening in the world of AI. And when I wake up in the morning, there's some new release of some new product that just blows my mind all over again. So do you think that this is going to spill over into the Web3 space? I think you've already touched on it in terms of the, the line you used about AI tools forcing people to use AI tools is absolutely spot on. But do you think that this is going to open up the possibilities for people to adopt Web3 at a pace and at a rate that they wouldn't otherwise have? Because we see a lot of people, as you say, who start expressing themselves by, you know, playing around with these tools that previously, I mean, if you talk about releasing, a, well, developing a game, I mean, up until now, it's taken an entire studio, it's taken years of development. And now, as you say, you, know, you can do it from, from ideation to creation to launch to revenue all within a single day. So how much of that is going to spill over into the Web3 space? I um, honestly, I think the, the the those two things will actually kind of merge into one kind of big kind of technological entity. I um, I strongly believe that actually the the, the technological technological merging is happening in front of our eyes. It's not going to be just uh, it's not going to be separated. Like um, let's say this is an AI product or this is a Web3 product or this is a blockchain product. It's actually just going to be one, one entity of, uh, of, um, of existence of that kind of, of technology. And it's just going to be, you know, you can call it the metaverse, the internet, or just, um, just the virtual space that we're going to inherit. But uh, the, like when I look at startups, for instance, that build, um, we looked at a, a startup now recently that actually offers you ability to shoot a, like you shoot a movie or you shoot like a basic character, a real human being in, in, then in front of the camera and then you run it over to that software and then basically completely uh, the software removes the human being and adds an animation, like it adds an animated character with its own kind of um, skeleton mechanics and, and movements and it's so, it's so good that you actually probably would spend um, thousands of dollars in man work to actually do it. So that means that at some sense we um, we started coming into that moment where you don't need, first of all, you don't need, need that much of manpower now. And both from the Web3 Web3 projects also understand that, like deploying contracts, checking contracts, also identifying issues. Um, 
making sure that the, like the NFTs are correctly done and so forth. That's kind of interesting. And then adding AI layers to your, let's say, existing NFT collections will happen more and more often. We see also popping up things like uh, AI NFT marketplaces, uh, which exactly merges those two technologies together and you have it like a one entity at the end of the day. So I'm a strong believer that things are going to just merge into one and it's not that they're just going to, you know, um, they're just going to blend somehow, right? If, if you understand me, if you understand what I mean. 100% and I so agree with you. Uh, we are working on a Netflix documentary and so focused on the future of the internet and having these two sort of legs of the table, AI on one hand and then the whole blockchain technology uh, stack on the other. And what I have found is when I speak to the average person about this, everyone gets AI because it's, I mean, ChatGPT is, you know, the new TV in everyone's houses. Whereas previously, people didn't quite get what blockchain is about. They didn't quite get NFTs or get blockchain, uh, uh, Web3. But now because of the emergence of AI and because people understand that that is the future of the Internet, you know, the whole Web3 conversation as part of that, people have a completely different way of looking at it because no longer is it just about the hype because these two for sure and for certain are busy uh, merging into one single entity. But that brings me to a difficult question um, and not one that I ever love talking about, but it's always something that's necessary to talk about. You mentioned earlier the EU regulations, um, the Mika that that recently uh, came out and you know just shocked everyone. Um, but uh, we look at the Web three regulations that have had a really tough time of it. Uh, I mean, all across the world in different uh, entities, uh, and then also you know most recently Italy, for example, banning ChatGPT. So from a regulatory perspective, if we look at AI and blockchain as this singular technological entity in future, which probably will just be what the internet will be about. How do you think that regulations, which we all know, I mean, it's it's necessary, but it's also hindering innovation and progress. How do you think this is going to complicate things for regulators? Is it going to mean that a continent such as Europe, for example, is going to ultimately be left behind? because the innovation is stifled as regulators very actively prevent innovation until they figure out, you know, how to regulate this. Well, actually I have a, I have a big suggestion for all the regulators out there. They can uh, just read the books of Isaac Asimov uh, when he talks about the rule of robotics and AI. <laughs> and I'm, it, and this is actually not a joke because actually um, Isaac Asimov back in the days predicted that, there should be a couple of most fundamental laws in inside and every AI that is going to be built by a human being. And then should be the first one is, of course, do not harm uh, the, the, the human. And second, I think it was uh, do not harm the human in any circumstances, even if it's going to be sacrificing your own existence. And the third one is don't lie. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I, from the philosophical way, I think that's kind of way to to look at like how we need to, uh, in a way, maybe regulate AI. Although I think it's very hard to regulate something that is so new and unpredictable. Um, and then on the other side, maybe on the, I think on the side of the kind of 
what we need to do for us as, as technological uh, entrepreneurs and leaders is just actually um, to try to um, present maybe uh, regulators uh, better understanding like that uh, essentially technological things could maybe help their job to better. I mean, they could be probably more better effective. They could be actually much more um, prone of what their goals are when if they um, understand better and if they use technology. Of course, uh, despite like what kind of uh, what if they have some kind of evil uh, or non-evil uh, desires to use AI, fine. But in the end of the day, I think it's all about uh, you, we, the users, we, the leaders, we need to just step up a bit more active role of actually creating those regulations. You know, in the Web3 space, uh, we, um, at some point after, to give an example, after FTX, everybody was screaming like, let the guild regulators come and fix our, you know, our garden. It's not going to happen. We need to fix our own garden. We need to basically own the process. We need to make the rules. And only then, when we structure that through associations, DAOs, and, and other entities, then we can only then go back and make it on a state level. Because otherwise, uh, bureaucrats will decide our own kind of destiny for the industry. And that's something we don't want to do. That's kind of my, my take on that. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. Um, and it's a very it's a very loaded conversation. So let's leave it for another day. Um, so speaking of which, you know, we've talked about the, some of the opportunities and we've talked about some of the challenges. But if you think of the future of the NFT space, I mean, we've come from an era where profile pictures and you know board apes, that was what people thought of when they thought about NFTs. And we've had this phase where NFT was similar, I mean, uh, equated with art. But where do you see the space going? Because we've talked today about fashion, we've talked about e-commerce. Do you think that NFTs are going to and is steadily moving away from the stereotype of what the mass media has been written about it uh, or has been writing about it? Um, do you think that we are going to get to a point where, as you mentioned Starbucks earlier, that people will be using NFTs without necessarily thinking about the fact that it's an NFT? Will it become as commonplace as a store-bought loyalty card or a store-received loyalty card, uh, which obviously in the context of Starbucks, they are utilizing the technology without calling it that. Reddit is another good example. So can you envision a future where that's going to just become commonplace or what do you see the future of NFTs as being? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, uh, that actually resembles exactly what our vision is for one of our products called Kalis. And uh, we build basically utility builders for brands and NFT creators to create these memorable experiences for their users via through the checkouts or via through the basic interaction or different kind of um, uh, touch points during the whole, uh, whole user experience. So we basically create um, a platform where you can also upload the collection, create the utility, and then even match with another collection or another brand that is looking for something similar. So kind of merging the, those communities together and at the same time creating that unique user experience. I think it's all about this immersive, uh, immersive commerce that I 
that I believe it's, it's coming. And from emails, we turn to wallets. And now, actually, you can have a wallet through email. So it's all good, 2.5, right? Um, and then in the same time, I see a big trend, I think, of all the kind of interactions that are happening on the web, including this conversation, will be tokenized. And in a good way, it could be just basically um, we will now offer, let's say, pops to those who came to the to NFT space, or even the things that we discussed as ideas could be also NFTized and then be used. Maybe at some point you will use my, uh, let's say, ideas into your new podcasts and maybe create an even kind of a product out of it and now get some royalty out of it. So that's kind of weird, right? I mean, when you think about it, but maybe it's closer than we think. So in terms of the future, yeah, I'm actually um, an optimist about like how how we can we can use that technology. And again, and again, it's about <clears throat> putting the the user in the in the in the corner, in the center and creating this really unique uh, immersive commerce experiences. This is where also not only actually um, Starbucks are going, uh, Shopify is going there, and many other like uh, players. Amazon recently, right? With their NFT marketplace, there where they're going. Yeah, that is such a good way of describing what is actually happening. Because I think what so many people do is they are sort of getting stuck in the terminology. So you think about NFTs, either you understand what it is, or you kind of understand, or you have absolutely no idea. But the conversation very rarely goes beyond these terminologies and these acronyms and. I mean, that's where a lot of people get stuck because as soon as you mention this, the first thing that comes into their heads is, well, I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. And then that's kind of where the conversation stops. But if you re-engineer how you look at it in terms of, well, the purpose is that brands are creating memorable experiences, which is always something that brands have done um, to, you know, increase the user experience to the point where, as you say, it becomes these unique, immersive uh, commercial experiences. We all know exactly what it feels to engage with different brands, whether it's something that I'm buying in store, whether it's something that I'm buying online, but it's something that is part and parcel of every culture, every country all around the world. So to think about this in the context, well, it's the same story. It's just that because of the advancement of technology, now you have these new tools that allow you to give new experiences that up until now has not been possible. I think that's a very uh, understandable way for people to think about technologies like this because everyone doesn't necessarily have to understand exactly what the technology is, exactly what it does. I mean, most people, if you ask the average person how the internet works, probably they wouldn't be able to tell you. The same even with electricity, right? We all use electricity, but can you really give a step-by-step -step sort of narrative of how exactly it works? So I really love looking at it through this lens yeah, they, of what is the actual They outcome? need the use cases. They need, uh, they need the, the tangible use cases in front of them that really makes sense. 100%. 100%. So now I, because I, I think we're running out of time. So maybe I will ask you, yeah, in fact, I'm going to skip a couple of questions that I wanted to ask you. I don't know how time always flies by so quickly when you're having fun. That's probably why the saying exists in the first place. Um, so one piece of advice that you would give to brands, to artists, to anyone 
who is in any sense involved with something, whether it's art, whether it's fashion, whether it's any other industry, and is considering, well, first of all, who is just interested in exploring what Web3 is all about, and then further to that, you know, interested in integrating Web3 into the experiences that they are building for others, what piece of advice would that be? Um, my, uh, my user experience uh, hat will, also, will again be here, and I recommend for them to become the user. <laughs> become the, the most degen user out there. Buy yourself a NFT hoodie. Uh, go in a Discord server. Get scammed. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, be be brave to talk uh, to developers and ask them ask them what a wallet is, uh, and then come back, come back with an action plan of actually what exactly is happening. That's that's my number one advice. And even for for big brands and managers that we know that uh, they. You know, in order for you really to understand what an NFT is or digital collectibles or now in sense of ordinals on the Bitcoin network and Bitcoin stamps would be actually good and beneficial to try them out. Try to mint an ordinal or go to a discussion on Twitter about uh, the existence of um, the historical NFTs like Euro cards and buy yourself a Euro card. That's exactly what you need to do. And and uh, only through that experience you will be actually underst- you understand the nature of things well i think that really brings together what we were talking about at the beginning in terms of creating user experiences that speak to the needs of others so if you are looking at getting into this technology or leveraging this technology, it doesn't make any sense if you don't also understand the technology or the possibilities of the technology from a user perspective. Um, yeah, so brilliant way to end off our very amazing talk. I'm just quickly checking because um, see we have some questions. I'm just waiting for my team to send them through to me. So in the meantime, George, how can interested brands or individuals even get in touch with you to start their journey into this brave new world? Uh, whereabouts are you most active? LinkedIn, Twitter, etc. Yeah, I suggest you to follow us on uh, uh, on LinkedIn, Mint Ventures XYZ, and also on our Twitter space, uh, Twitter space and Twitter. Uh, also follow me here uh, on my uh, Twitter account, uh, defines defines George. And look up for also our live events that are happening uh, simultaneously, also Twitter and LinkedIn. So visit our page, mintventures.xyz. Uh, get, we'll, you'll get all the links there. And you can also find the contact form as well to, to connect us. We'll be happy to consult you on for absolutely for free. The first one to get your strategy up and running, to understand your goals, your passion about Web3 and how can we help you. And um, also to join our, you know, uh, other events, we'll be happy to invite you, Nadia, and the rest of the Adlonum crew as well, so that we can maybe share something again, uh, do another another podcast together. Sounds wonderful. And yeah, we are definitely there. And especially if you invite us to Estonia, then we are double there. <laughs> I, uh, this is official. We have it on record. So I officially invite you to Estonia. All right. So I, I will hold to you to that. Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I will not be in Dubai for super long, but while I'm here, you are more than welcome to come over. Um, so I have a question here from Tony. Um, can you share any projects that you are excited about that we might not know about yet? Um, you mean like NFT or anything that really... What the meaning is, but I mean, I think yeah, may, maybe projects that you guys are working with or something that you know that is happening in the space. I, I assume. Mm, yeah, I think I think definitely in, ter in terms of the uh, the fashion, uh, you should definitely go and check what the fabricants are doing. They recently had also an interesting new collection coming up, and uh, we know that they're actually relaunching as well. Um, I've got um, a new co-creation and things are starting to be very interesting there. Um, then you should check Kalis, our tool for utility builder, definitely. That's one thing that really we are really excited. We also build an infrastructure for wallets called uh, Wells Heaven. And we also have a DEX that also supports NFTs too. That's something we're really, really excited too. Um, and on the, maybe on the, the collection side, I think... We are now definitely looking at Bitcoin stamps and ordinals. And I think that's something really to be explored because also it opens up a bit more like kind of the DeFi aspect of the Bitcoin network. And that's something we are really also very excited about. George, thank you so much. Uh, I really enjoyed our time together today. I think there, there's so much left to talk about that we have to definitely repeat this. Um, in terms of sort of last parting thoughts before we before we leave the space, and in the meantime, while I give you a second to think about this, because final parting thoughts is yeah, <laughs> it's it's quite a thought. Um, I will just thank you, say thank you to the audience. This is the first time that we are live again in I think a couple of months, and I have to say I really enjoyed uh, as much as I enjoyed not having the Twitter Spaces issues that we had uh, while we were still on here. It's also incredible to be back. It's There's nothing that beats being live. So thank you to all of you for tuning in today. Um, so George, before we leave, what are your final parting thoughts so that if someone leaves the space today, that is the one thing that you would like them to remember? Um, I would like to tell maybe a quote, uh, Michael Saylor, that he said that one at one point that uh, Bitcoin is hope. I like to say also that Web3 is hope, NFT is hope, and uh, let's let's build a better future together. I don't even want to say another thing because I think this really was <laughs> the perfect uh, <laughs> final sentence to the show. So to those of you in the audience, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. Please follow George as you have been listening. They are building something incredible and yeah, it's just beautiful to hear how people all around the world are coming together and are building very, very sound products that are not simply based on, you know, how quickly can we hype this up and make the biggest buck out there and then abandon it. There are so many incredible companies building very, very sustainable products and really fleshing out this industry as a whole. Um, and in the meantime, I will catch you again next week for another episode of The Future of NFTs brought to you by Adlunum. Cheers, guys. George, have Thank a lovely so day much. and please, so please enjoy the, the colder Thanks. weather for me. I will I will fry to death on, <laughs> on this side and I will, yeah, 
think about the fact that there are other people in the world who are not as hot as I am right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> amazing podcast. Thank you so much for inviting all the, all the community members. Well done, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the future of NFTs. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform like Spotify or iTunes. Connect with AdLunum on Twitter at AdLunum Inc. or our website, adlunum.cc.